Welcome to the latest episode of The Way Out Is In. I am Joe Confino. And I am Brother Fab Hu. In this busy world, we tend to grab a cup of tea. But actually, there is an art to drinking tea. And Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh has made that into a whole ceremony. How do we sit with a cup of tea? The way out is in. We are sitting in the baking heat of the first hot day in the southwest of France, and I'm already wishing um, the weather was already back to the cold and wet that I was complaining about. <laughs> it's a great, um, it's great uh, learning from the Zen tradition is to uh, is to not wish it to be different, but accept things as they are. But today um, we're going to be talking about tea. And um, and the reason is because um, in the Zen tradition, drinking tea is a very important ceremony. And um, you know, in in a lot of countries in the West, people talk about going to grab a cup of tea or grab a cup of coffee as though it's something that um, done on the run, something uh, that is rushed. But um, Brother Fapu, tell us about the art of drinking tea and why and why it's even important. In uh, Zen practice, we learn to enjoy the simple things of life and not just to enjoy the finished product, but to enjoy the process. So making a cup of tea, if you know how to do it, you don't uh, enjoy it when the tea is finally in your cup of, uh, um, in your two hands in a cup, but you already are, are meditating as you make the cup of tea. Because in meditation, when we have meditation eye, we can see that in the tea leaves, there's, there is much more than just the leaf itself. You can see that it comes from this beautiful planet Earth, from all the care of the people, the farmers, and all the conditions that have come together for that tea leaf to be present with you. In our monastery, drinking tea is really part of our life. And I think one, in one of the episodes, um, I shared that one of the first things I learned in the monastery was to fold my own blanket and make my own bed every morning because I it's a kind of discipline that you learn to take care of your space because your space is also someone else's space. And the second thing I learned in the monastery was to how to enjoy a cup of tea. And a cup of tea is also a focus point that brings people together, especially if you know how to be there with a cup of tea and be there with the people around you. So having a cup of tea is a whole art. And our teacher always teaches us to be in the present moment is to learn to enjoy life in the here and now. And how do we put our daily life into also that view? So when we drink tea, you have to learn to drink that cup of tea. You have to be present for it. Most of the time, like you said, we grab the cup of tea because it's a means for us. We think it's going to give us caffeine. It's going to give us energy. It, 
it kicks us for the for uh, it gives us a kickstart for the day. So we see it as as um, as just a means. But here, you are gonna enjoy that cup of tea and to actually be present with it. And so when you drink that cup of tea, you're not drinking your projects. You're not drinking your worries. You're not drinking your thinking. And it's a real art of being in the present moment. And so if uh, if you ever have a chance to to own a teapot and to own a set of, of uh, cups to go along with, with it, it becomes a sacred practice. So every time for us in the monastery, I think most of us, whenever we wake up, the first thing we would do is make a cup of tea. And that's how we would start our day. And we would boil the water, um, heat up the pot with some hot water, pour it out, put the right amount of tea leaf in, and then pour the hot water in, and then let the tea sit for a little bit. And I, I have a really funny story about this because um, um, when I was um, a young novice monk, I was... Uh, being trained as an attendant for Zen Master Tikhan, and I have a very, I try to be perfect in everything, and um, especially I wanted to impress my teacher. So one of the things that we had to know how to do is make tea for our teacher, and so I was very eager to make tea the first my first session with him, and so when Tai arrived um, for a day of mindfulness in Plum Village in Upper Hamlet. He would come and the first thing we would do is prepare the tea and then offer the cup of tea to our teacher. And I made the, I made the tea, I put the leaves in and I poured the hot water and I saw Tai just sitting there doing nothing. So I felt rushed. I need to give him a cup of tea because that's my job. And so I was started to pour the tea out of the pot into my cup and Tai said, Fapu, not yet, it's not ready. And he said, you have to allow the tea to do sitting meditation. Everything that has that is allowed to be still will be much better. Wow. Beautiful. And wasn't that, isn't that yeah. beautiful? And Tai said, it's just like life. If you know how to slow down and be more present, allow it to settle, then your 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 way of life will be much better. And that was a moment that that he was also helping me to be more relaxed and be more present for myself and for Thai and for the tea that I was going to serve him. In other words, the, the tea ha- is as important as the people. As there's no discrimination in the way, same way a human needs to sit exactly. still and, and find this way, so does the tea. And, and when we drink tea like this, um, and, uh, one of the, the fine manners that we learn as a monk and a nun is um, learning to be respectful for people with, that are around you. So when we offer somebody a cup of tea, and you offer with two hands. And then when you receive it, you also receive with two hands. And at first I practice it as a form, but then when I went deeper into my practice as a monk, and I see that your bodily action does play, um, does play an effect on your mental state state. And I do see when I receive and when I take something with one hand, it's just like, it's automatic. Like I don't care about it. But suddenly when somebody gives you a cup of tea and you receive, you, you, you put two hands out to receive it, there's much more gratitude and there's much more presence. And then it allows you to be 
more there for yourself and for the cup of tea. I I had a a very powerful story just the other day because um, Plum Village uh, held a an event for the uh, Indian community, Buddhist community um, in India because of um, the COVID disaster there. And uh, and one of the uh, members of the community, one of the Sangha members, did a little tea ceremony actually online. Mm. And she was talking about how um, her father has been had been very ill in hospital with COVID and that uh, she spent every night there and that the last thing every evening that they did was the the nurses brought them a cup of tea to drink. And she said that it was the one moment in the day where she could really just stop and come back to herself. She said, you know, just to hold the cup and to feel the heat in her hands, just to smell the aroma of it and just to drink it mindfully um, was just such an important moment for her in every day before a very long night of staying awake and looking after her father and how how that sort of mindfulness and that, that appreciation of the tea actually made an enormous difference, allowed her actually to um, to deal with the uh, drama and trauma of what she was going through. And, and, and it, you know, when I listened to it, it was, it was such a powerful understanding of, you know, most people, as I said, you know, they drink a cup of tea and they, they don't even know they're drinking the tea. So, um, brother, what's your sense of um, why of the Zen tradition around tea? I mean, what's your what's your understanding of it? So, somebody once asked Tai that also, like, why do we drink tea, and why is it such a big thing in Zen monastery? And I think it was a, it must have been a kid that asked Tai during one of the retreat, and Tai says is to help us stay awake during meditation. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody laughed, including myself. And if I think about it, it is true. Um, there is an aspect that, um, that uh, we try to support our well-being so that we can um, enjoy our meditation more throughout the day. And I think that tea has also a lot of um, um, good effect on the well-being of our health. And I think in the monastery where we focus on coming back to the present moment, we need activities to help um, wind us, slow us down. I, I feel like um, when, we're in, when we're in the big cities, the stream of life is so fast and that becomes a natural energy and a natural habit that we, uh, we gain whether we want whether we like it or not. And if we don't have the capacity to be aware of that and to kind of give a pause to it, and we have to retrain ourselves to slow down. So in the monastery, we try to create um, activities to help us slow down. And making tea is, is one of the art. And to prepare a cup of tea for yourself and for you, the ones around you, if you do it, mindfully you are enjoying every action and you are creating a wonderful environment with your brothers and sisters that are around you and that session becomes sacred and what i like about drinking tea 
when everybody can really be present and enjoy that cup of tea, that is meditation in itself. That is meditation in daily life. It, it doesn't belong in a temple. It doesn't belong in a meditation hall, but it is created by the energy of mindfulness that we bring into our daily life. And um, I see that uh, it's also a way of communication when you can sit down together and, and have something to help us be present then your way of being, your way of just being present is a way of communicating. I, I also, for myself, sometimes when I'm overwhelmed um, by fear or by sadness or, or I'm just having a tough day, and to help me unwind is also just to come to a room of one of my brothers and just ask for a cup of tea. And I don't need a conversation, just to be present. And, and like the friend that shared, just to have that, cup of tea in your two hands and to know that you are holding a cup of tea, which is you have the cosmos in that cup of tea. And I want to really be present for it. And I really want to enjoy it. And that, and that sense of, as you say, the cosmos, I, um, I always remember uh, going to an exhibition in New York of Thich Nhat Hanh's calligraphies. And, uh, and as he was preparing the calligraphies, he, the ink, he poured some of his tea into the ink and so and he was sort of giving that sort of sense i think of of life you know that that his calligraphies have got the tea in it and in the tea uh, is the, the clouds which produce the rain that produce the water to go into his tea and then his tea went into the calligraphy and then his calligraphy go out into the world and have effect and and i i thought at the time that you know in every even in a small, simple practice like drinking tea, actually, there's all of life. Mm. Yeah, and we've we we had a cup of tea before we started this podcast, yeah. so we can say now this podcast is also the tea itself. So it's also to see the interconnection of life, of all of the elements, how it comes around to support us, and with that insight, we know how to live our life much more mindfully. Yeah, and there's something around also about tea, you know, because in England they say, you know, even if even if your life's falling apart, even if everything's going wrong, there's nothing like a cup of tea to calm you down. And mm. then and then I heard the the woman in the Indian Sangha, she said, you know, in India they say if it's hot, it's time for tea. If it's cold, it's time for tea. If you're happy, if it's time for tea. If you're sad, it's time for tea. That it's actually it's actually something that. Um, that calms us down. And, uh, you know, I, I've always felt that that's, um, you know, I wake up every morning and I make myself a cup of PG tips. And in fact, um, which is a brand of tea for those who don't know. And uh, one of my fears of coming to France was, where am I going to get my PG tips, especially mm -hmm. after Brexit? And of course, I found it in the local supermarket. I thought, yes, I've got my PG tips. And it reminded me of... Um, a little story about uh, Christiana Figueres, who uh, was the architect of the Paris Climate Talks, was the head of the sort of United Nations body that looked after them. And, and she's also a practitioner uh, in uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's tradition. And, and when she arrived in Paris um, to sort of look after, manage all these talks of 195 countries, trying to get them to reach one agreement, she entered her hotel room. And in her hotel room was a box a wooden box filled with PG Tips tea. 
And in fact, the chief executive of the conglomerate Unilever, which actually PG Tips is one of its brands, actually had arranged for that tea to be brought to her room because she knew that actually if she was going to get through these late night talks, actually there's nothing like a cup of her PG tips that mm. was going to get her through these talks. So so there's something very powerful actually um, and symbolic about mm-hmm. tea, about it's a chance, as you say, to come back to ourselves, to relax, to hold something in the palms of our hands, which right. is itself almost a, a reverent act, mm-hmm. to feel the sort of the heat, to mm-hmm. smell the aroma I mean, it's actually a very visceral experience. Right. As, as, um, as a long-time attendant of uh, Thai, wherever we traveled, part of my kit, the attendant kit is uh, two thermoses, um, a teapot, and a few empty cups that we would bring from France, and also tea. And it is one of the things that help you feel at home. Whatever new places that we arrive in and whatever country that we arrive to in, our, in order to offer our mindfulness retreat, if we still have that cup of tea, you still feel you are at home. It, it does have a very um, wonderful element that, that supports your, your spirit and your environment. Can you talk a bit more, Fapu, about this sort of innocence tea showing us the cycle of life because, you know, that that sense of Tai saying, well, you know, the cloud is in your tea. You know, because at first sight, that sense, it seems like mad. Well, the cloud isn't in my tea. But then actually, you know, because the, the, the practice of mindfulness for me is about going being able to go deeper mm-hmm. that actually you know someone says the cloud is in your tea but it's like hello <laughs> but then actually you think about it and you think well actually the cloud is in my tea and then I drink my tea and it will become something else and and it, it seems to be a wonderful um example of of what it is to see deeply because you actually see that as you said the cosmos is in your tea because everything needs to exist for the tea to exist and us drinking the tea also has an impact because we're creating the demand for the farmer and then we're drinking our tea and, it, and then it will pass on to another realm mm. after us in the same mm. way the cloud comes into the, our tea. Can you, can you just talk a bit about what that cycle of tea and drinking tea actually shows us about, about the Zen practice overall? Mm. I think, Joe, you just answered it. <laughs> I think you did a very good job. Um, but just to, just to go into one of the teachings that mm. I, I see Tai connects to the cloud is to see the continuation of life. And um, in our retreats, you know, Tai would teach us how to touch the present moment, how to be in touch with the environment inside of us and also around us, as well as learning how to embrace our fear. And a lot of, a lot of our fear is about, uh, it's about death. It's about the passing of something. And at the last day of the retreat, Tai always um, gives his attention and his space to talk about the insight of no birth and no death where we are always, we are a manifestation thanks to all of the wonderful conditions of life. One of the conditions when we look inside of us is 
our ancestors, which we have talked about. We can see in ourselves the elements of our mom, the elements of our father, but as well as we can see that uh, the environment is part of us also. We cannot take the education that we have learned outside of us. We cannot take the friends that have supportive that have support us outside of us. So. We are a manifestation of all of these wonderful conditions, and then one day when we cease to exist, it's because those we don't those conditions are not there anymore, and we will we have a transition. And in the Plum Village tradition, we don't go into um, talking about reincarnation in the next life, but our teacher always tells us we don't have to wait into. Into the the next life to see where we will be reincarnated into because in the present moment the way we live, the way we think, the way we talk, the way we act is already a contribution to society to life. So that is already our reincarnation, our actions. And so Tai will use the example of the cloud. So if one day we are very attached to a cloud, a cloud that we hold dear to our hearts. And one day we see that that cloud is not there anymore, and uh, don't be too overwhelmed by sorrow, but to learn to look at the cloud with an eye of meditation to see the continuation of the cloud, which now the cloud has now become the rain, and the cloud has now become the rain, and the rain has now become the earth, or it could become the tea, or it is the tree in front of your house. It is. The wonders around you, so that nothing is actually lost. So, in this way, when you touch that, when you drink your cup of tea, you can see that it is not just a simple existence. It it is everything that has come together for it to be there. And then, when you drink, you have that that awareness, and you can touch the tea at that deep level. Then one day you can use that insight to touch, um, to touch the deep level with your relationship with your loved ones. For example, we know that every all of us are of the nature to die one day, of that impermanence nature, and so if we live life with that insight, we will live life much more, much more beautifully, much more simple, much more um, grateful, and then we don't have to. We don't have to wait for that moment when somebody is not there anymore for us to have guilt and have sorrow, but know how to live and enjoy this moment right here, right now. So it's so interesting, Brother Fafu, because as you're as you're talking, what it's making me realize or think about is that often people are looking out outside for some grand sort of um, almost firework display in, in in the sky of a of a of, of a a big spiritual experience that will help them to see life differently and change mm. the way they see life. They're, they're, they're looking for a big moment. Mm-hmm. But actually what I hear you saying, and which I, I really feel also, is that actually you can find that transformative moment. You can find that insight. In fact, you can have a moment of enlightenment right. just sitting there drinking your tea. Exactly, exactly. I, I have another um, beautiful memory of my teacher was um, um, in 2014, my teacher suffered a stroke and uh, he was also um, paralyzed. So, but f- 
unfortunately, uh, he was able to um, get out of the coma and as well as regain a lot of um, his capacity on his left side. And, you know, the first thing he did after he was able to drink water and eat and hold something was he, he motioned for us to make him a cup of tea. Wow. And we were, I was so emotional that day. And I remember um, making that cup of tea and then handing the cup to, to my teacher and Tai holding the cup with only one hand because the right side is, was, uh, is still paralyzed. But at that moment, just the way Tai held the cup, I can see this was a Zen master holding a cup. He was with full dignity, full presence. It was the Zen master and the cup of tea and the present moment. And I, I, I was captured in that moment. And I just watched I drink that cup of tea. And for me, that was the teaching in itself. Because for me at that moment, no matter what, what state you were in, you can still enjoy a cup of tea. It's like time can stop. Almost. Exactly. And brother, what was it like to make that cup of tea at that moment? There was a lot of excitement. Um, but at that moment, because Tai was awake and he was very present, he was watching us very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like, I felt like... Like I, you were an aspirant again, exactly. making the first cup of tea. And I couldn't make a mistake. And what... What I enjoy at that moment, because Tai was so present with me at that moment, because you know one of one of one of the greatest gifts in my life was just to be so close to him, to my teacher Zen Master Tikkun Han, and most of the time we would make tea for Tai, but the teacher and student relationship that a lot of us have with Tai, he's so down to earth, and he's so humble, and. There are so many moments that he has made a cup of tea for me. And, and at that moment when I made that cup of tea for him, even though it looked like I was making that cup of tea for him, but I felt like I was making that cup of tea with him. Like he was really a part of me at that moment. Wow. Yeah. So um, when it comes uh, to looking at sort of a practice like this, how how can you what sort of how, what can you advise people to do because because one of the things is that people are living very busy lives mm. they are often rushing from one thing to the next they sort of grab they do grab their tea they they are in a rush what what is your advice about how people can stop and sort of in a sense start to pay more attention i think look at making a cup of tea for yourself as a gift for yourself. And the illusion that you don't have time for a cup of tea is an illusion. That thinking, I think, is an illusion. It's because we, we create different scenarios. But if you say, I have time for a cup of tea, then you have time. And what I would advise, though, is that uh, we all want to start the day with a little bit of peace and stillness. So 
when you wake up and you make that cup of tea, and you sit there and you wait for the tea to come to come out, right? Even if you make a tea bag, um, tea out of a tea bag, it tells you wait two to three minutes. And I think most people don't; they just drink it right away. Actually, the art of mindful living is to see that that moment is a moment of meditation. So just to sit there and be present for it, be present for that two to three minute as the tea is coming out, and then when you Drink that cup of tea. Don't look at news. Don't look at social media. Don't have any distraction. Allow yourself to be present for that cup of tea. We even have a gatha, a poem that you can that we could recite before we drink that cup of tea. And I I like to recite it. It goes like this: This cup of tea in my two hands, mindfulness held perfectly. My mind and body dwell in the very here and now, and if you allow yourself to just recite that and be present, and then enjoy that cup of tea, see that this is an act of life. This is an act of awakening, to wake up to life, and then you feel you you smell the fragrance of the tea, you taste the tea, you feel the warmth of the tea entering to your body. It's very simple, but it's very deep at that moment, and it's allow it's you allowing yourself to be in the very here and now, and that is meditation in disguise in in drinking tea. And and I I don't know what I'm I, I know what I'm about to say, but I don't know if it makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll go with it. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about recently is about you know what is consciousness or what has consciousness. Mm. So. As you were saying that, I was. What came into my mind was, and also provide space for the tea to experience us, mm. because in a sense we're we're so human centric that um, only tea, only, only we can experience the tea, and that the tea doesn't experience us. And I, and I just wonder if that's the case. And and the, what brings that to my mind is, um, I once attended a course at a. a very famous college in Devon in England called the Schumacher College, which uh, teaches around things like biodynamic farming and about consciousness. And uh, we were led, uh, we did this exercise where we were led out into the forest and um, we were split into pairs and one, one person was blindfolded and the other would lead them around. And so I was blindfolded and, and so the instruction was, for the next 15 minutes for the other person to lead us and for us to experience nature. So we'd go and I would feel, you know, hug a tree and I would touch the sort of moss and I would feel the leaves of a plant and mm-hmm. and I would get all that sort of sensory information. And then after 15 minutes, they said, okay, now we want you to switch round. And I thought, oh, that's switch people. But it wasn't that. The, the instruction was then to allow and to experience nature experiencing us Mm. and and at that time it completely blew my mind because suddenly I was aware that actually if I was touching and holding the tree that the tree was also experiencing me holding the tree if I was treading on the moss that the moss was experiencing being trodden on and and that sort of changed my whole actually and I'm not sure if it happened at that moment and it might have been something that came to me over time, but changed my whole sense of that. We're often so, so, um, 
think of ourselves as a separate self that that it's only me experiencing what other what's happening but actually could it be the case brother fapu that the tea is also experiencing us i believe so it's it's the view right and and i think that when you are present with the tea you enjoy the tea then you can see the tea becoming a part of you like our teacher says like if you have a calligraphy of of mine in your house you don't only see my writing but you see the tea in it also because i drank the tea to make that gave me energy for myself to write that calligraphy and then in the ink i pour a little bit of the tea inside of it so it really touches interbeing when you have that insight you 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 really see that you and a tea are not separate and one last thing which is on my mind uh, today is is what tea is drunk in the monastery because <laughs> be, because because my experience of tea is that this is like the holy this is like you know mm. this is like the holy grail that everyone has their own teapot partic- not only their own teapot <laughs> but someone will only drink kukicha from the northern slope of the mount this in the north of Vietnam and someone else will only drink it from the south end of the mountain in uh, in Japan and and you know it's, it's like it's such a it's not like you go into a shop you grab a, a pack of chamomile you stick the tea bag in right. your pot and off you go tell us a little bit about the culture of who drinks what tea so what, what let's start off what what tea are we drinking right now so we are drinking a tea it's called um Jamai, uh, I think it's like it's, the name of it is cloud tea, but it's a kind of white tea, and um, it has um, uh, a little bit of caffeine in it, but it's very fresh. It's very it's from the high mountains. So I would say in the monastery, in our monastery, we drink a lot of green tea. Um, we drink a lot of Olang, and we drink a lot of Kaosheng, which is high mountain tea, as well as um, we drink. Um, a lot of um, Japanese uh, kokicha, and um, and um, also like different um, herbal teas for the for the afternoons and the evenings. So I think that it it we don't have a one particular um, style. We're not attached to this is the holy tea, but it goes in a it's, it's a trend. It, <laughs> it's like who's in the community now, and what have they introduced to the community, and then what is what does people enjoy? And I, I see that um, actually part of our one of our precepts, which is our the, the fully ordained monks um, precept, is that the, even the teas that we drink, it shouldn't be too luxurious. It should be kind of moderate. Like we should be humble about it. So the kind of tea that we drink, it really is a, some of it is donated by friends that knows that monks love drinking tea and they want to give us a gift and. Is one of the things that the monks never say no to <laughs> is tea. So we we take we we get whatever we are offered, and then when we do have a chance to purchase our own tea, it's mainly in that um, that uh, category of like um, caffeine uh, green tea uh, from from the range of Olam to High Mountain.
a chance to experience the monastery bell of Plum Village. And um, this is a chance, always the bell of mindfulness, for the bell reminds us to come back to our true home, to come back to the present moment. So um, whenever a bell is invited, um, it's a chance for everyone uh, to stop. And um, I, my house, uh, the house I'm living in currently is, is within earshot of um, the local church bell, the, church, the, the monastery bell of the nuns in Lower Hamlet, the monastery bell of uh, the Upper Hamlet monks, and then the lunch bell of the uh, monastics down in the small monastery of Sonha. So I never get anything done, brother. Because <laughs> You're always the, stopping. The, as soon as I try to do some work, there's a bell ringing somewhere and I have to stop. Oh, you are so blessed, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, but brother, let's come back to uh, yeah. what you were saying about the tea. Yeah, so it's it's really, it's just uh, in that range of like Olam green tea. But um, I think the, the most important thing is um, knowing how to really enjoy the tea together. And I think the, um, part of our retreat that we that we do and we add a schedule, we always have tea meditation and... Um, we, we want our friends that come to have this experience. And when we're in a big group, we we would make bigger pots of tea. And um, and it's very, we always invite our friends to, to enjoy the silence before, while the tea is being prepared. And then we have this, um, this part where we, we put all of the cups on a tray and then we pass the tray around and we instruct people that when the the tea the tray comes to you you would bow and you would put your palms together and in our tradition in the Plum Village tradition it it can be um, a symbol of our body and mind united and then when you offer that bow to the person who presents the tea to you you are presenting your full self and then you take the cup of tea you put it down and then I, I would usually invite my um, my friends in my group to look at the person, have eye contact, and recognize his or her presence, and then then receive the tea tray and then pass it. And that in itself, that that action of just passing the tea tray, and for everybody to have a cup is also an art. And at that moment, you really see this connection that is happening. And um, after everybody has a a cup of uh, a cup of tea in front of them, then the facilitator would invite everybody to hold the cup of tea in their two hands. And we would recite the gatha like I did. And then I would invite everybody to take take the, take their time to smell the tea and then enjoy um, the cup of tea with full awareness. Yeah, so um, one of uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's calligraphies says, drink your tea. Exactly. Nothing else. Just drink your tea. And it's like, it's like, it's so powerful, isn't it? Because mm. it's just, it's just saying, actually, there's, at this moment, there's nothing else that we need to do. Just wholeheartedly drink your tea, be here. Mm. And, and, you know, it's, it's not easy. I mean, I, you know, every morning I wake up, I make my cup of tea. But, you know, I have to really, you know, sitting here now, ask myself, have I ever fully been present for 
drinking my cup of tea or has does my mind wander or do I think about something else or am I worried or do I think oh, I ought to check my email so actually it's not an easy practice brother mm. Pooh. I mean if I I'm not sure if I've ever actually if I can honestly say here that I've ever been there 100 percent in terms of understanding the whole cosmos mm. is present in my tea I am fully here for the entire cosmos mm. Are you better than me? Have you got, have you, are you there? How often are you able to really be present for your tea? Um, I think for myself, um, the environment that I'm in is really helpful, which um, when you drink a cup of tea with also somebody who is enjoying a cup of tea, it almost makes you, okay, I, I got to do this too. <laughs> I, I can't just be slacking off or like being noisy because, you know, the other brothers the other monks are so present. I kind of got to match that energy. And I think for myself, um, just having that chance to be Thai's attendant, like every morning we would, before going to sitting, sitting meditation, I would make tea and Thai and, and I would just sit there and drink a cup of tea. And it has become almost like a good habit. And that really helps me um, start the day with attention with presence and with almost freedom because because I know how to enjoy that cup of tea in freedom so it gives me that that element within the day and right. I can come back to yeah and you talk about good practice uh, a good habit rather yeah. and it's really interesting because because in my mind's eye you know when someone says oh I've got a habit mm. it's normally associated with something very negative isn't right. it and you've got to change it but what you're saying is actually it's if we're developing good habits, that's actually a really, you know, by its nature, a positive thing because actually we, the practice actually builds builds our presence. So actually, actually, this isn't something you're going to master like anything else in like meditation or mindfulness. You're not going to master it by sitting there first day expecting 100% to be there for your tea. Exactly. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. And even, even now, I, I've been a monk for now... Um, 19 years and even th there are moments when the cup of tea is not pleasant <laughs> and 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 then if i have if there's a bell of mindfulness that is invited somewhere or maybe that cup of tea becomes my bell of mindfulness then i have to refocus i have to re um, tell myself to come back to my breath come back to the present moment come back to that cup of tea but the experience that i have had it allows me to to taste that fruit of freedom with that cup of tea, so it, it tells me I could do it though, as as long as I put my myself into the practice. And having good habits is part of meditation. So when we start to uh, practice meditation in our daily life, we start to see that um, I walk too fast as a habit, and I want to adjust it. I want to have now steps of freedom, now steps of more of more solidity. And you have to almost retrain how to walk. And in uh, not my first time, I think it was my second time in Plum Village in 1999 for a summer retreat. Um, I was in the dining hall. I was very young. I think I was only like 11 or so. And I was walking with flip-flops and I was like um, dragging my feet. Beesh, beesh, beesh on the ground and this woman comes up she looks at me she goes young man lift your feet when you walk 
And from that moment on, I've never dragged my foot again. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've been able to gain a new habit and gain a new attention. And at that moment, actually, when, the, when that woman shared that to me, it wasn't, um, she wasn't yelling at me. She was just, I felt actually very respected. She said, young man, when you walk, lift your feet and don't drag. You know, and I, I actually felt this is somebody who cares for me and somebody who wants me to walk more beautifully. And then if that person didn't tell me that I was doing that, I wouldn't have recognized that habit and I wouldn't have established a new habit. Um, dear listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and, and that the next time you pick up a cup of tea, that uh, perhaps you're able to stop, reflect, be present, see the whole universe, the whole of the cosmos in your cup of tea. And Brother Fapu, could you now take us through a guided meditation? Hello, friends. It is that moment in our podcast when I would like to invite you to experience meditation, whether you are sitting on a bus, sitting on a train, commuting, or going for a walk, going for a run, or cleaning your house. If you can find a space to be still, whether you allow yourself to sit down or to just stand still, I would like to invite you to bring your attention to your breath. As you breathe in, aware that this is an in-breath. As you breathe out, aware that this is an out-breath. Know the in-breath happening. Know the out-breath following. As I breathe in, I follow my breath from the beginning to the end. And as I breathe out, I follow my out-breath from the beginning to the end. I am one with my breath. I take refuge in my breath. As I breathe in, I become aware of the air around me, the breeze, As I breathe out, I am one with the air. I am one with the environment. I hear the sounds of the birds. I hear the wind blowing through the trees. I can feel the environment around me and inside of me. As I breathe in, There is life inside of me. How wonderful. As I breathe out, there is life all around me in this very present moment. As I breathe in, I enjoy my in-breath. How simple, how wonderful. As I breathe out, I enjoy my outbreath. Thanks to my breathing, I know I am alive. That may be the greatest gift to be aware that I am alive. With life, 
I'm able to love and to be loved. I'm able to nourish my understanding, my loving kindness, and my compassion for myself and for all around me. Breathing in, I have compassion in my heart. Breathing out, I offer my compassion to those who are suffering. In compassion in my heart, out, I send my compassion to all those that are suffering. Breathing in, I am in the present moment. Breathing out, I am alive in the present moment. Thank you, friends, for practicing. Well, thank you, Fapu. Um, if you'd like to listen to other episodes of the podcast series, The Way Out Is In, you can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on all other platforms that have podcasts, and also, most importantly, the Plum Village app. Brother Fapu, any last comments from you? Any last thoughts? Have time for that cup of tea, because it is present for you. You just have to be there for it. Drink your tea. Thank you, listeners, for being there and for listening to us. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you next time. Yeah.